Hey everybody, welcome to Medium Cool bonus content. I am your host, Austin Glidden, and as always, we are brought to you today by thefilmyapp.com. Go check out thefilmyapp.com for all things film, because you guessed it, they never shut up about movies. Alright man, today is going to be really awesome. We were so totally hyped about this being a possibility, and it was uh, honestly all thanks to Bane. Uh, Bane pretty much hooked me up with Andy Williams, our guest for today. Andy Williams is also known as The Butcher for All Elite Wrestling. Um, I don't know if you guys can hear all of these sirens, but there are a lot of sirens going off. Anyways, I'm going to keep going and just hope that whatever that's for is okay. Um, but Andy Williams is uh, the guitarist for the band Every Time I Die, which is a, a huge, uh, I guess maybe you'd call them metalcore band, I don't know, but uh, they're heavy and it's awesome. But he's also the uh, wrestler for All Elite Wrestling, he goes as The Butcher, and he's a part of the tag team The Butcher and The Blade. Um, Andy Williams has always been someone that I wanted to, uh, you know, just kind of sit down and talk with, and so Joe actually joined me because uh, something that we've kind of touched on, but I'll let you know now. You know, I grew up uh, since I was 12 listening to like hardcore and metal stuff. And, you know, I have played hardcore music. I've been a vocalist. I've, you know, played guitar, bass, drums, all the things. And I just love, love music. And I've been a fan of Every Time I Die since um, about 2001, probably. Uh, I think it was about 16 or 17. So somewhere between 2001 and 2003. And I remember I found, uh, I, I found out about them uh, through a zine if anybody remembers what zines were. Um, and there was like a full page, it might have been a real magazine actually that someone else had that wasn't mine, but I remember it being a zine. And there was a full page spread for their record, Last Night in Town. Now they had an EP prior to that, but Last Night in Town was my first introduction. Now at the time, I was, uh, you know, a, uh, a Christian evangelical kid, a part of a Christian evangelical family. So, you know, we only listened to quote unquote Christian music, which really was just like, you know, are they a solid state records band? Are they a face down records band? You know, like we'd find record labels that were primarily Christian bands and then any band on there we just assumed was cool. Um, it really makes no sense. But the point is, you know, uh, I was really into bands like Living Sacrifice and Zayo and uh, Overcome, Strong Arm, like all these really cool bands. And around 16 or 17, I kind of stopped, like I still primarily focused on Christian music, but only out of habit. Like I was I was totally cool with listening to Coalesce or, um, you know, just like all of these cool Converge, all these really cool, you know, like metal bands and hardcore bands like, you know, uh, uh, Terror and, um, you know, Bane, you know, bands like that. So, you know, it was uh, every time I die kind of came in, and I had no way of finding their music, because at that time, like, their music wouldn't have been in, like, Best Buy or Circuit City or any place like that, you know. Um, so uh, I, I basically had to either find some sort of, like, little catalog that they would be in. Uh, like, I, I, there probably were ways to get it. I just had no idea as, like, a 16-year-old. So I got on LimeWire, and I just torrented it. <laughs> and so I had, like, no full records uh, it was just songs, so I didn't even know what Last Night in Town sounded like until like a few years later. Um, and uh, of course, you know, a few years later, I bought the record because it finally they were big enough that I could just find it at Best Buy or whatever, you know. Um, but I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. All I know is I loved this band. So you know, fast forward, you know, twenty years now almost, and <clears throat> excuse me, you know, fast forward twenty years. 
you know, I'm still listening to Every Time I Die, and I'm a big wrestling fan again, and uh, that's something that Joe and I share. We're both really big wrestling fans. And so, you know, I'm, I'm following All Elite Wrestling on Instagram, and I'm following Andy Williams from Every Time I Die on Instagram. And then, you know, uh, I had seen some videos he'd posted where he got into wrestling, and he was doing some local indie stuff. But then I see Andy Williams in an AEW ring uh, earlier this year, or the end of last year, one of the two. And I just remember, like, thinking that he had posted it, and then I saw the account, and it was AEW's account, uh, All Elite Wrestling's. And I almost flipped out. I was so hyped and happy for this dude that I'd never met, you know, that was not, I wouldn't, like, we had never been friends or anything. I just cared about his journey. And so, you know, I, I got to, I got to watch Andy Williams come into it with his, uh, his tag team partner, Jesse, and uh, they are the Butcher and the Blade, and they're awesome, and, and every time I die is awesome, and I just went through all of that for no reason. The point is, I'm so hyped about this, and I hope you guys really enjoy this. Um, this is all, you know, in pushing AEW's upcoming um, pay-per-view full gear. It's this Saturday, November 7th. Uh, please find it. Go check it out. Uh, you know, just Google that. Full gear. AEW full gear. The card is stacked. If you're not into wrestling, just try it. Just give it a shot. Just see what it's like. See if anything kind of, you know, catches your attention and uh, and go from there. Uh, it, it will be worth it because this is a wildly packed card. Um, and we talk about that with Andy a bit. You know, this conversation was awesome because I had I had questions ready. I didn't know how Andy was going to respond. I'd seen other interviews that he'd done, but I didn't know how he was going to talk to me. And so, uh, and Joe, Joe's there. And so, like, you know, me and Joe were ready. I, I had a full hour-long interviews worth of questions that I could just dive into. I think I asked like two of them, and then we just go off. Uh, Andy was so awesome, and and Andy, Joe, and I just really kind of hit a flow uh, to the extent that uh, Andy himself actually said, you know, like, hey, we should do this again. Like, watch this movie, and we'll do it. So uh, listen to this. It's so awesome. Please, wherever you're listening to this, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, please follow us or subscribe. It will only help us get more interviews like this. Um, and just a huge shout out, big thanks to Zach Jordan from Bain for, you know, kind of connecting us with Andy. And um, honestly, this was a complete and utter gift. Uh, big thanks to Andy for talking to us. But hey, here's our conversation here on Medium Cool, a movie podcast. Hi guys, I'm Andy Williams from Every Time I Die and The Butcher from All Elite Wrestling. Hi. I'll just say this real quick, Andy, uh, just to start. Um, I was listening to an interview with you, um, and I'm spacing his name, but it's a dude from Unearth. You guys did this awesome... Oh, Ken Susie. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Um, you talked about... Um, a that you're just a sucker for competitive reality shows like Project dude. Runway, dude. Dude, what do you fuck with in that reality? <laughs> like, what's your thing? Oh man, I I I'm not kidding you. I fuck with Project Runway, like changed my mind, and then uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like literally changed <laughs> it more. Like, like drag queens don't understand that they could make millions of dollars in pro wrestling. 
<laughs> really? Like they're so entertaining and they just get it. They understand like they understand working. It's it's crazy. They're that show is like there's so much depth to that show. It like literally would open everybody's eyes if everyone could just watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I, honestly, it really would. Right, right out the gate. That that's our biggest. Uh, that's gonna be the biggest push, you know. Good. <laughs> the almighty push I honestly for. Think it would, I like it would change the world and would open people's eyes to something that like they normally would never see. You know what I mean? And like yeah. anyone who's like even weird about LGBTQ, like that show would open your eyes and realize that like there's people out there dealing with some shit that i didn't mean to take it that route but like it like it it, that show is there's so many so much depth to that show it's so important dude yeah i'll have to watch it because you know uh see here i am taking it further uh we'll, we'll get to some questions in a minute but you know like uh I remember uh, after like the whole the George Floyd and all the protests and everything. I remember my wife and I started looking into like uh, uh, the LGBT community and people of color, like that kind of blend, yeah. right? Um, of and just finding, trying to find art created by and for these people, you know, and things like that. And that's something um, we should totally watch. I'll have to, I, I will bring Dude, it up to my wife, and we will we will it's watch incredible. it. Incredible. Start, I mean, right now, if you want, you just go, like, I think it's on, oh, man, I think up to season eight is on Amazon for free. Nice. You know, with the with the subscription or whatever like that, um, or it's Hulu. I think it's Hulu has, like, up to season eight or whatever. I'll tell you what, start with season four. It's it's, it's a barn burner. <laughs> and then the, the most recent one, the most recent one was, like, the first time, I mean, an entire year of my band's existence is gone because of COVID, right? Yeah. So like March twelfth, every time I was every time I died, I was playing in Chicago. Before doors were open, the governor made a mandate that uh, no crowd under a thousand was allowed. This is literally doors were opening, like people were in line. We had twelve hundred people at the show. Yeah. So twelve hundred tickets sold. And there's a mandate that only a thousand are allowed in a building, literally, as doors are opening. Yeah. And we were supposed to have a show the next day in Detroit, and then a show in Pittsburgh, which was going to be Code Orange's like re- record release show. Whoa. And all of it got taken away. I mean, insane. Um, so yeah. Speaking of which, you know, I'll, I'm just going to jump to it, man. Like with COVID and stuff, like of course AEW is still running, and Tony Khan yeah. seems to have a pretty good tight ship with testing Absolutely. and keeping all that open. And it's it's Dude. fucking awesome that you guys have like an open space at Daly's place, um, yeah. and you can like have some fan. I think that's fucking awesome, dude. But like yeah. every time I die, is like you guys are kind of just floating right now, right? I mean, I heard you guys have Dude, a new record. And you're just kind of it's sitting crazy. on it, like what? I mean, just you know, you don't have to go on if you don't want. But like, what's like, what is that like right now? What's living through COVID like for Andy Williams? I it's it's strange because I dude, I bought a house right at that time too. So like, I bought a house right when the shutdown happened, and like our our realtor was like, I mean, uh, two days later, I would have never been able to show you this house. You know, like we we literally got the cutoff or whatever. So like. 
financially, it's strange because you have that responsibility of like, now I own a house and I have to upkeep the house. Now, the money that I was making with every time I die and then whatever indie show I was making at the time when I was wrestling on the indies, it was like, you don't realize like, with every time I die, everything is like, like lump sum from tour. So like there's yeah. tours that like, you could make, you know, a, a good amount of money and there's tours where you don't make a lot of money. Right. So like, I think that got me prepared for COVID to just know that like my life has always just done this. Like I'm broke. I have money. I'm broke. I have money. I'm broke. <laughs> yeah. I'm having money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, to be honest with you, man, to go back to what you said about Tony Khan, like I owe Tony Khan everything because he hired me when he didn't have to hire me. And, um, I've been, ha I have a paycheck literally going through COVID. Um, the first three months were really weird because New York was on lockdown. So like we mm. couldn't travel, we couldn't get down here to wrestle, you know? And, um, and then he, you know, because of the NFL, he made us like, essential workers down here and he takes such good care of us i literally i've been tested two times i landed at one o'clock holy shit that's awesome and i've already had two tests yeah he's he's incredible man he's he's literally a saint um so that's like it and now it's like to go on the other thing dude like i wrestled moxley for a heavyweight championship right yeah literally the coolest thing i'm i'm probably ever gonna do in wrestling right and <laughs> And then every time I die records what I think is the greatest every time I die record. And I can't, you can't, I can't show anyone anything. I can't play anything for a year, dude. It's been recorded. It was recorded done in February, like the end of February. So like, it's, it's insane that you're sitting on this thing that you think is a masterpiece. And like, I remember I was like keeping up with my chops, like the like the month of March. I'm like playing guitar every day. April, I'm playing guitar every other day. You know what I mean? Like from there, like June, I'm playing guitar. Like it, it just and then like I picked up my guitar for the first time after like a month and a half of just like sitting around the other day, and I was like, oh my god, man! Like I'm not. I'm literally just. A dude that gets thrown on my neck now, and I'm not a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, like, like ring rust translates to music. You know what I mean? Oh, one hundred percent. Like, if you aren't keeping it up, man, like that is, yeah. it's a chore, dude. Like, I, I, I feel you it's there, crazy. man. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I, like, I'm fortunate enough to have like a terminator of a girlfriend. My girlfriend's like the most go getter of all go getters. So like, when I'm Andy was having some technical difficulties, and it happens a couple of more times, but you can follow along, so please just bear with us, and, uh, you know, we'll get through it together. Let's go work out. Come on. Come on. Get up. Let's go. You know, and, like, she'll get me moving, or, like, she'll be like, hey, you play guitar? Like, uh, you should play a little guitar today. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, that's awesome. dude, it's so weird, man. I don't, I've never had this much time off in my life, yeah. either. So, like, and I'm wrestling, you know what I mean? But, like, I only wrestle on Wednesdays. You know yeah. what I mean? So like it's one day a week because and then I mean, the other days of the week it's, you know, I'm like doing house stuff. Yeah. I'm a grown up now. It's insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, I, I also heard you talking about, you know, playing music keeps you young. Like you never feel like Absolutely. you have a job because you love it. You know what I mean? And it's just a thing that you do. 
Yeah. And yeah, now now you're now you're at what 42, 43, something like that. I'll be 43 December 12th. There you yeah. go. Uh, early happy birthday to you. But you know, there you, like there you go, man. You're grown up at 43. Almost it's insane. <laughs> um, it's awesome, dude. dude I, I wanna I wanna quickly uh, kind of wrap around uh, real quick because we we could talk about COVID forever because I would love to just you know uh, Joe and I. Um, you know, we, 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 we love wrestling. We listen to JR's podcast, JR Grilling, and, and uh, Conrad Thompson will always be like, this is red-ass JR. Well, I got a sign of red-ass Joe uh, on, our la- <laughs> <laughs> on our last episode of bonus content when we talked about COVID um, because yeah. it, like, it sucks because you see people walking around without masks or you see yeah. people, like, not following and as someone, you know, I don't play music currently, but off and on for the last 20 plus years, I was also playing like metal, hardcore, all that stuff. And it pisses me the fuck off that I have so many friends that play music and, you know, yeah. and, and you, like everybody, right? And you, because these assholes won't follow the fucking rules, shit gets pushed further back. Like your record is on hold yeah. now. Because yeah. this dude wants to dick nose his fucking mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's crazy. And and it but it's like upsetting to me. So um we could I, I mean we could totally all go red ass on that whole thing. But the point <laughs> yeah. is, you know, I, w- I want to talk about every time I die real quick if you're down, Andy. Um of course. You know, I, I know that when correct me where if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure when you were eighteen you started wrestling, correct? Like that was when you first kind of yeah. started. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me a little bit about when you first started wrestling and how that ended up getting shelved and playing music. Like, it what was, was just that? Training. It was just training at that time. So like, I had signed this like weird deal with this company in right over the border. Uh, it was in Hamilton, Ontario, called Renegade Wrestling Association, and um, I went there for about four months and blew my knee out. I blew my ACL and yeah. my left leg. So it was like pretty much at that time, like dream was over. Like I, you know, my mom and dad are like super blue collar. Um, and it, that was my chance. You know what I mean? Like yeah. at wrestling and I blew my ACL. So they were kind of just like, let's move on. You know, what's next. I ended up working in like a factory mm-hmm. with my dad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. stuff like that. And while I was doing it, I was just playing guitar because I was shelved from an ACL injury. So I really couldn't be active. And, uh, that's literally how every time I die kind of, I guess, started. Um, I just put, took guitar more, you know, like played guitar. The worst part is, is that like, I've always been obsessed with wrestling and I never stopped watching wrestling. It wasn't like I tore my ACL and I was like, ah, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? Like there goes wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I still followed it. And like, every once in a while I would get in the ring, you know what I mean? Like I through the years and like hit the ropes or something like that whenever I could. And, um, yeah, like touring just kept happening, touring kept happening. And I kept getting these like weird little shitty injuries, like over the years, like with playing in the band, like whether it's my back or my fucking knees or my ankles, you know what I mean? Like, dude, running around on stage, stage diving, doing stupid shit when you're not supposed to, <laughs> like, will fuck you up. Obviously, Absolutely. you guys know this, right? And right around, I think it was like 2000 and like, I started back up when I was 36, like started taking it seriously when I was 36. 
so that would have been like 2014. I literally like put a bunch of weight on, um, and I, I grew a big beard. I grew long hair and was just like, all right, I guess I'm just like the rocker dude now. Like fuck (laughs) athletics. Um, fuck being a wrestler. Like that's it. I'm going to be the, the big dude that plays guitar in this band. You know what I mean? Like, and I, I just got like really depressed. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit. Cause I just couldn't, I couldn't get these like injuries to go away. I just kept doing it. And then like, started doing like some fundamental training and I got this like weird, I got a weird fight in England where like three like British drunk dudes, like bought me at the same time. <laughs> what and, the fuck? Hold and, on. Like, you got to tell this story. Wait, what happened? It, it was, it was just like a late night dudes were drinking oh. and we were like parked outside the venue. Someone threw trash at our shit, like our vehicle that we were in at the time. And like, I just went outside and I remember like, a dude like running at me and then like, I'm just fighting. You know what I mean? Like it was just <laughs> yeah. one of those things. It was just like, <laughs> I'm just fighting. And like it, I got hit with a bottle, oh, you know what I mean? Just like weird shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I remember like at the end of it, like they were as bad as I was, you know what I mean? So like all the injuries I have, and this isn't me trying to be like a tough guy, like, Oh man, I beat up three guys. <laughs> but like, I knew that like they were, in the same shape I was. And I knew what shape I was. I was kind of fucked up. I had a cut in my mouth. Like my head was all fucked up, but I'm like, all right, three dudes are here. Like I'm not ever going to, this is never going to happen to me again. Like I never want to be that again. And like, I was blown up. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) started crying. My adrenaline was going. And like, it was It literally like in my head was like, okay, you guys are movie buffs. So like, I'm a huge movie buff. So, like, something about Mary, after Mary tells him that she's going to go back with Brett Favre, he goes outside, and he's crying, and he's hyperventilating. He's like, <laughs> and I was doing that, and I'm, I'm walking down the street. This was in Oxford, England, and I'm walking down the street, and I get to the end of the corner, and all three of the dudes with their girlfriends are there, and they're, like, the girlfriends are, like, wiping them up and stuff like that. And I'm fucking crying. I'm, I'm like, literally. <laughs> <they're>... <laughs> and I like, wa- I just needed to take a walk. And I'm fucking walking down the thing. And they're there. And they're like, no, man, we don't want to fight anybody. We don't want to fight. I was like, oh, <laughs> and I just like, kept walking. And just like, I just remember I, I was like, fuck, I got to do something. It was just that was like the, that was the thing that the catalyst that got me to like, start working out and then I got back and like Pepper, Jesse, Blade, whatever the fuck you want to call him. Yeah. He like had just started training dudes at this place called Grapplers Anonymous in Buffalo. And it was um it was a dude named Brandon Thurston, Mikey Every Night, and then Pepper Parks. And I was like, well fuck and Jesse was like, yo, why don't you come and hit the ropes and like see what happens and there it is. And that literally was like it. And I had no aspirations of ever doing it uh, in front of a crowd. I just wanted to like help dudes and bump for them and like yeah. help dudes like be better wrestlers. You know what I mean? Not a trainer, but like the guy that like got trained on, I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The bump dummy. Yeah. Um, and I just kept getting better and better. And that, yeah, it was just inevitable that I had to start like working shows and stuff. And sure. That was kind of like the short 
but long story of it. <laughs> no, that's don't a- ever get in a fight in Oxford if you do, or or get in a fight in Oxford because you'll do something cool after. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the, that's clearly the the moral of the story. Go yeah, f- go uh, go to Oxford to fight because it will pay off. Um, yeah. No, like uh, when did you meet Jesse? You guys have been friends forever. A uh, long time. It, yeah, long time. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And and he- did you guys meet through wrestling or or music? We met through actually the Buckley brothers and Steve Mitchke. So like the, the three of the members of the band had went to school with him, like high school. And like, you guys know how it is. Like when you're at like a party, like obviously you, if you guys are like different, you guys are different guys. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not like, like if we're doing this podcast right now, like this isn't a podcast about the NFL. This isn't a podcast yeah. about like the band disturbed or, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> like we're doing this because we're different type of people. You know what I mean? And, and the one thing, whether you like movies, music, wrestling, if you have a thing, there's other people out there that do that thing that do other things that you don't do. So yeah. like wrestling, me and Jesse talk about it all the time that like dress wrestling like me you know what i mean like i keep going like kevin nash i'm trying to think of like people i've met through wrestling because of wrestling yeah and like any type you time you meet someone and they are wearing like any type of shirt if there's a guy out there wearing a fucking shibata shirt and you like shibata <laughs> yeah. you can walk up to him and go yeah. well fuck i can talk to this guy yeah you know what I mean? Dude, yes. And it's just like hardcore. Like, if you guys came up in hardcore, metalcore, stuff like that, like, it's the same thing. If you see someone wearing an American Nightmare shirt or something like that, you're going to go, oh, that guy's my kind of guy. Yeah. Even though he's driving a fucking Mercedes Benz or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, there's, with our geekness, there's no, there's no monetary line. You can be broke, you can have a shit ton of money, but like if you're a wrestling fan, you're a fucking wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't change. You know what I mean? And it like mm-hmm. American Nightmare doesn't change. Bane doesn't change. Whether the you know there's no like it's not like when you're in elementary school and kids were making fun of you because you had like a cheap pair of sneakers on. Like right. it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that's like I think that that's like the most beautiful part of what wrestling is or like just having a niche you know what i mean yeah. and like again to go back to like rupaul's drag race like <laughs> they always back each other regardless of like if they're an, an important drag queen or not an important drag queen everybody's treated equally and it's really nice i i, I think that's like the coolest thing about wrestling or or having your like little nerd um you know yeah. everybody yeah. can go watch the fucking nfl you know what i mean right. like but, like, not everyone's going to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it's funny you were saying – you you say that. We, uh, yesterday, Austin and I were interviewing a director of a movie. Yeah. And about two or three minutes in, I'm looking – you know, and it's like you know, it's like this, right, where you can just kind of see the top of his shirt. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, like, surreptitiously texting Austin. I'm like, dude, is he wearing a Terry Funk shirt? 
I can see like the Texas flag and like a head with a bandana. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a Terry Funk shirt. Which is amazing. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. All right. Yeah. 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 That that happens. And and I love the the Shibata thing because it's awesome. You could see someone with a Hulk Hogan shirt or a Stone Cold Steve Austin. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't mean... They're a huge the same fan. Thing. You know what I mean? It's like no. people wearing like a Misfits shirt anymore. Like you see that yes. like models wear that, right? Like, did you really listen yeah. to the Misfits? That's why like, I say Shibata. Yeah, yeah. But you get into like Shibata. Yeah, yeah. Or any any New Japan or like, exactly. you know, like yeah. any guy on the indies, like prior to AEW, most of the roster, yeah. <laughs> you know, right. like, you know, yeah. if I saw, if I saw, um, I almost said Boris and the Blade, but if I saw uh, the Butcher and the Blade shirt prior to AEW, yeah. I'm talking to you because one, oh, you're a wrestling fan, but two, you probably dig every time I die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so but my favorite thing though, and you probably get this, and you've probably gotten this in the AEW locker room where like now meeting people, because listening to AEW Unrestricted, I learned things about so many of these people I would have never thought. Like I didn't know for a long time that Aubrey Edwards developed video games. Like that's so awesome. And like, you know, yeah. I knew Kenny was a, a huge gamer and stuff. But w- what I love is like when I talked to Bane, it was because of their documentary was coming out and I got the opportunity. And I'm talking to him about like hardcore and stuff. And then, you know, like Bedard and Zach start geeking out about movies. And then I'm in heaven. I love finding I love finding like the other thing, you know, like yeah. like yeah. You're, like you're you're a musician and you're a wrestler. But like yeah. you just said, you're a movie geek. I love that. Like, I want to yeah. jump into that. <laughs> Please, every- dude. I, I I could talk movies all day long. Like, it's I, like I I'm literally like in the middle of like writing a concept of doing like a graphic novel based on like the butcher, the blade, and the bunny like character. Yeah. But I see it in movie form like mm-hmm. first. So I always see things. I'm a very visual person. So like even music. Like I've never learned how to play music in my life. I just picked up a guitar and was like, oh, this is cool, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I made shapes with my hand, and I still see those shapes to my day, to this day. You know what I mean? I so do. everything is very visual for me. And, like, I can always, like, like the, the record Hot Damn, like, I wasn't getting anything inspired. I wasn't getting inspired by music. I wasn't getting, like, all my go-tos I wasn't getting inspired to. And Dogtown and Z-Boys, the documentary had come out right at that time. Yeah. The soundtrack, the way Stacey Peralta directed that, like, created something in my head where every day I would work, I would come home from work, I would put Dogtown and Z-Boys on, pick up my guitar, and songs were just coming to me. And it's the weirdest thing, you know what I mean? And it, it, like, but it, like, again, like, to talk about, how good Dogtown Z Boys is like, <laughs> like it's the perfect documentary for skateboarding at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so yeah, and it's like that. That like recently, like I'm not like much of a horror guy. Like I like horror movies, but like, like I can't do like, gr- like crazy gratuitous gore. Like for the sake of just being gory, like there's no point to it. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So like me and my girlfriend, like leading up to Halloween, instead of doing 31 days of, we just did 15 days of horror. (laughs) Yeah. And we usually keep it around like psychological thrillers. You know what I mean? Like, well, like we watch like Event Horizon, like stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, um, and again, like I wasn't going to play my guitar and then like. 
I started watching these psychological thrillers and then I'm like playing guitar and I'm like, God damn it. I'm writing, yeah. writing music, which is like, dude, I have a whole record no one's heard. Why am I writing music? You know what I mean? I, I do cool. 100%. Yeah, because if I'll use the record, your record that you just mentioned, Hot Damn. I remember listening to Keith's lyrics and the feeling I got to that record back in, what was it, 2003 or something? Yeah, yeah, 2003. And I remember listening to that, and I had just gotten into film. That was like the year yes. I, I broke through and saw something I'd never seen before, and from there it was on, right? What and was I, it? I, Amelie. Funny story. Just real quick, funny story. I love that. Uh, uh, my my uh, wife, Amanda, who I'm married to now, we dated back in 2003, and my yeah. friend Riley tried to show us the movie Amelie, and at the yeah. time, I refused to watch subtitles. So I, yeah. I, uh, they come on, and I just lay my head down like, fuck this. And I just lay my head down on our lap and go to sleep. So I go to sleep, and she's like pissed, okay? <laughs> and yeah. um, we broke up shortly after that. And for like 14 years, I thought she broke up with me because I didn't watch Amelie. But a- after we broke up, I watched it to try to find like common ground with her because I yeah. missed her and I wanted to connect with her. And... I didn't even think of her at that point. That movie blew my mind so much that I just like had to go. And so I'm like trying to find all these other movies. And my friend's like, Hey, go check out the French new wave. Hey, go check out Kurosawa. Go check this out. And I, dude, I, I went from much like I went from listening to my mom's CDs when I was 12 to listening to like Christian hardcore and metal. Cause I grew up in the church with my, my family and, so I was like Living Sacrifice, Zayo, like Norma Jean, like all of these bands uh, over time. Hostfall. Or not oh, Hostfall. Well, no, I listened to Hostfall, uh, though. I counted them. Case <laughs> Today? Case Today? Oh, right? Yeah, I was Where's friends they? with them. They're from our neck of the woods, yeah. Yeah, um, But yeah, all, all those bands, man. I was like eating it up, going to shows all the time. Um, but I went from like Whitney Houston to like death metal like and and movies was the same way yeah my favorite movies were like dumb and dumber and the rock and then i went to like (laughs) french new wave you know what i mean yeah still two great movies yeah two great movies i I was telling joe i was like i gotta go back and see dumb and dumber because it's been so long i feel like i'd still appreciate it the rock i'm nervous about i kind of just want to leave it in my brain i want to leave it in my brain as like this thing i loved yeah but i feel like i have to have an updated opinion do you think i'll like it i this is okay so i've been and i want like people who are watching this just try this for this it's a the audacity of it in pro wrestling is the greatest thing ever take something that you think aged terribly Write it down verbatim as to like how it would be written down on paper, not what you're seeing. Like Nicholas Cage goes to prison, blah, blah. look at it that way and then see how easy it would be to write that movie and film that movie. Because like wrestling in the 80s, if you put it on paper, like I'll give you right now, I always use this one as an instance of like, because Jim Cornette is like the worst guy, right? So <laughs> Uh, he does he does hate your employer which really makes me sad but go ahead (laughs) the first wrestling match i've ever seen right that i remember was and i'm going to do it on paper a man with a a tennis racket wearing a shiny red jacket and red pants who looked like a nerd came out and behind him was an out of shape man wearing a shiny jacket with a mullet, kind of like my, kind of like the female gym teacher, 
that I ha- I currently had at that time. Right? <laughs> then another man with an okay body comes out with a beard and he's acting like every woman thinks he's very sexy. They're also wearing spandex. They go to a ring. They go to a, a boxing ring where there is a scaffold over it. Okay. Then, <laughs> then a tiny man with a black beard and blonde hair comes out wearing sunglasses and a newspaper followed by two of the craziest looking human beings I've ever seen. <laughs> one man has one man has a mohawk and his face painted. He's wearing shoulder pads with spikes and he's the largest man. He's bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger who is my hero at the time. Followed by a man with a spider web tattooed on his face. <laughs> they walk to the ring, climb a thing, and then I'm supposed to believe that these little men with no body have any right being anywhere near <laughs> these two animals that are there. Man in funny jacket with tennis racket falls and breaks his legs in the ring. That's the first wrestling match I've ever seen. <laughs> if you say it like that and then go back and watch it, you'll have so much fun. Yeah. So, like, The Rock, write it down on paper and then watch the movie and just start check marking the things like that you remembered and go like that is so stupid god this is great yeah you dude yeah i, mean? I i'm not- all about reliving like those experiences and even if i can't appreciate them the same way i did before i can enjoy things that's something that annoys me actually and you might get this with other things is like some people think because I went to school and studied film or like, yeah. you know, I'm I'm like in it You're and like I, snobby. because I call it film or like whatever, you know, yeah, you, no, like, you think like, that people think you're snobby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's it's annoying because it's like I can still enjoy a movie. It's just sometimes movies don't have something for me to enjoy. And that's OK. You enjoy yeah. it. I want you to love what you love. But yeah, yes. I'm I'm with you, though. Like I, I can go back and watch something that I loved as a kid. And even if it's shit now. Like I'll remember what I saw it as then. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, here, I'm, I'm on you, your bus. I'll give you a good example right here. What's your favorite burger? What's the best burger you've ever had? Oh, dude. All right. If you have, let me just quick thing. Explain it, please. <laughs> well, I think the best burger I've ever had was at a place called Kuma's Corner. Do you know Kuma's Amazing Corner? Amazing place. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there's one yeah, in Indianapolis. Yeah, there's one. <laughs> That's right. They have it every time I dive in. Yeah. If for for any listeners that that don't know what Kuma's Corner is, it's in Chicago and they have one in Indianapolis and all Fantastic. of it's a metal themed like gourmet burger place and all of the yeah. burgers are named like the Zeppelin like Led Zeppelin, Black yeah. Sabbath, Every Time I Die. They had a special when when my band played with Zayo a few years back, they had a Zayo burger for that week. You know? Love it. <laughs> like that Love kind it. of a thing. But uh the Led Zeppelin, dude. Big, thick, like half pound or so patty of burger. This awesome, I think it's a pretzel bun, but they put fucking, (laughs) you're cracking me up. They put fucking um, uh, pulled pork on top of it. And there's like a pit, dude, it's, I could just go on. It's making me hungry. But (laughs) think of that, think of that burger. That's, that's the movie that you're, that's, that's Kurosawa, right? That's fucking Fellini. That's the Cohen brothers. That's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that, right? But when was the last time you went to McDonald's and just got a fucking double cheeseburger with fries and a Coke? 
it's still great. You know oh, what I yeah. mean? Like, that's the thing. You don't eat it all the time, but it's still great. And like, I think that that's when you care about something like we do, like we care, we have things that we care about. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that, you still have to remember that the McDonald's burger still rocks. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? So like, that's why when someone comes to me and like everyone, well, in wrestling, people know I'm, I, all Japan is like my favorite, right? So like, I'm a Kenta Gabashi, Misawa, Akira Tao. Like those are my guys, right? That's my Kuma's burger. But if you're going to put on fucking Brett the Hitman Hart versus fucking Perfect at fucking SummerSlam 92, yeah. I'm fucking game every day of the week. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it's hard because, like, nowadays with the internet, we have things so fast and we forget about those little things of like waiting to like buy a CD, dude. Like, do you remember? Like, I remember when vulgar display of power got announced and I would go to the record store every day. The guy would tell me, no, it's not out for another three months. Yeah. But I would go every day. Hey, vulgar display of the heart come out. No, it didn't. Okay. And I would go home. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) now you can just go on the computer and get vulgar display of power. And I think that like, I think the internet has kind of like cheapened the thrill for us because we can like, we can watch something and immediately rate it. Dude, yeah. you know, bringing it to wrestling, though, um, you know, like AEW's really helped me slow down, to be honest, because yeah. I had the WWE Network and I'm watching all my favorite matches and I'm researching what's the best match. And I'm like, you know, like best matches of all time. I'm watching all yeah. of them and I'm, you know, I'm getting New Japan pay-per-views and going through a backlog of Wrestle Kingdoms yeah. or something. And I'm seeing fucking Omega versus Okada, one, two, three, four, five, like all of these. And yeah. then I watch a weekly show and I'm like, this fucking sucks. Like, what? <laughs> it's Cause hard because you're because it's, yeah. you know, you're watching the cream at the top, right? Yeah. Like all of this. But yeah, like AEW slowed me down and it's like, wait, not every match has to be fucking omega okada it's allowed yeah. to grow it's allowed to build it's It'll allowed to do that but also with the internet and with so many of like even the indies and the a lot of the wild stuff that's happened in wrestling i feel like people have a hard time even like remembering something like rick flair versus steamboat the trilogy in 89 like that would not impress a lot of new wrestling fans i feel like but if you look yeah. at the storytelling and like it's i mean unreal. what's really ha- it's unreal unreal yeah that's that's it's honestly like watching fucking to go back to like Led Zeppelin like the the I don't think necessarily Robert Plant would be a great singer in any other band. Oh but yeah, for Led Zeppelin, <laughs> yeah. it makes fucking sense because that's the voice of Led Zeppelin, right? Yeah, and like you know, those dudes had this weird thing where like they spoke a language that only those four could like understand. And that's why it's never happened again. You know what I mean? Like, you could take something like that, right? I think that, like, if you were to show someone who'd never watched wrestling before, right? It's completely weird because wrestling's the one where you have to start with fireworks because you can't show them the slow burn because if you show them the slow burn, they're going to get fucking bored. And it is what it is. So, like, Osprey versus Ricochet, um, Okada versus... Uh, Okada Anybody. Versus, <laughs> oh, I was going to try to think of like a, a short match, but he always has long matches. Yeah, yeah. Like 
him versus Naito was only like 38 minutes or something like that. Like that match, like Okada versus Omega one. You know what I mean? Like if we yeah. show, if you show a fan that first, they're going to go, wait, what the fuck? How are these dudes alive? Yeah. You know what I mean? Then you go, all right, you know, you keep showing them matches, keep showing them matches. And you almost have to take things away to like get them to understand Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair. And then once they do, like I did it with my girlfriend. And the first thing I showed there was Will Ospreay versus Ricochet. And it's like the most insane thing ever. It's like Dude. Mission Impossible yeah. 1 through fucking 19 or whatever they're at <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's it's the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe in a match. I mean, like what is happening, <laughs> yeah. dude? Like like they are superheroes and I, I at work I I talk about wrestling a lot and a couple yeah. of my coworkers are metal fans. So I was like, dude, I'm like interviewing I'll be talking to Andy Williams today. <laughs> And they're like, yeah. oh, awesome. I'm like, dude, you got to watch wrestling, man. Because they were like, yeah. what are you going to talk to him about? Every time I die, I'm like, we're probably going to talk a lot about wrestling, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I would love to talk every time I die. But it's like wrestling, man, like, it's so good. And so I was like, dude, well, I didn't do it today. But, like, recently I showed a couple of my coworkers. Um, it was the um, Osprey ricochet match for, like, a what culture show where the top yeah. rope breaks. Have you yep. seen that match? It's oh, wild yeah. because what's funny is you just took away their their kind of big ticket, right? <laughs> but they, it doesn't, they dude, it doesn't matter. No, 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 because they're that good and it's never boring. And it's it's the constant reversal thing. They do it for like two minutes. Yeah. They're just like reversing yeah. how these guys never blow up. I have no idea, but it's just like yeah. it's insane. And my like my coworkers were like, this is wrestling. And I'm like, yeah, dude, it's fucking awesome. And now like they have a whole new appreciation Um, because as soon as the, as soon as the pandemic's done, I've already set it up. I'm like, we're having a wrestling party. I'm showing you like at least a pay-per-views worth of matches. And I'm cherry picking like ones (laughs) that you will love because it's the deconstruction. It's what you're talking about. If you can get them in, in like a great match, that's contemporary that will appeal to just an average person, but that still yep. has the psychology that has all of the, the show, all the, all of that. Right. And then you can start deconstructing. I did the same with music, man. I mean, um, you know, had I not listened to certain bands that were what I might consider gateway and then hearing that sound in other bands that were, people were telling me were better, you know, like when Absolutely. I first started listening to even you guys back, like last night in town was my first introduction yeah. to you guys. So like, even with that, like, I wouldn't have liked Bane then. Like, that was just not where I was at that time in my mm-hmm. life. You know, like, Bane would not have been. And, it, and this isn't a knock on Bane, but, like, again, like, Bane is that Ric Flair, Ricky Steamboat match. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, the music seems dumbed down. And I'm using that in, very, in quotations because the music wasn't dumbed down. Not at all. They were great. It's just a different form of what it is. It's seriously like Mandy, like watching Mandy and then watching a Mandy Moore movie. <laughs> I mean, that literally is like the exact thing where it's like awesome. you have a drug filled thing and then you have something that's like completely fabricatedly made. It's like watching a Hallmark movie and watching like a movie that isn't a Hallmark movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it, man. You know, we. <laughs> Dude, uh, now you can chastise me all you want, and Joe, I'm sure you've seen Mandy. I haven't seen that yet. I keep forgetting about that movie. I have to see it. I haven't seen it either. You You guys, what are you doing? Yo, can we do this? (laughs) Just because I'm having a good time. Just because I'm having a good time. Can you guys please watch Mandy, and then we can do a podcast after? 
Yeah. I can do a yeah. whole podcast on Mandy. If dude, I, let's do don't it next say week. It. Don't yeah. do it. Next week. Say it because serious. I'll straight dude, up. I'm in a hotel. You. I'm in a hotel for eleven days. So <laughs> let's go, dude. I, I will. I'll, I will I'll hit you up. Tonight. Yeah, I will yeah. hit you up because I I, I, I keep wanting it, to see it, but then I forget about it, and 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 I me, have to yo, get into it. Do me a favor though. When you watch it, make sure it's dark and just the TV's on and like, like live it, dude. It's like that Panos dude is like, if I could have a muse visually, that's it. You know what I mean? And like with the butcher and blade, like that's when we started it, that movie was like the biggest like inspiration we had. That's what I and heard. It's just, yeah. It's it, dude. It's beautiful, man. And the way that dude films things is just, you got to pay attention to literally everything on the screen. And I think that's like a very important thing. Like I, like in wrestling, I think about that all the time where it's like, what's happening over here could be something important that's happening for here. You know what I mean? Yes. And Pana is like really good with that. Like in wrestling, like when we did us, me versus Mox, and this is like, hopefully not ruining kayfabe or whatever, like the image of me popping up behind him, we knew was going to be like the thing people remembered the most. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we had a 17 minute match after that. Yeah. So like, but we knew that image was going to be really popular. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, and that's, it's, it's crazy to me when you like Luke Harper, right. Or sorry, Brody Lee in, in uh, AEW. Like I never realized how great he was until I was around him all the time. I knew he was great. I knew he was a great wrestler, but people would tell me about seeing him and how he acts and how he puts his match together and, and stuff, stuff like that. Dude, it's genius level, man. Yeah. 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 I it's, never, it's genius level. Yeah. I, I never, know. I never knew he was, the, I'll pass it on to you, Joe, in just a second. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say this one thing real quick. Uh, I keep stealing it from Joe. I feel like, but um, <laughs> like, you know, I knew Luke Harper had something. Like you see Superstar. him and it's like, dude has it. Yeah. But I couldn't Superstar. figure out why it wasn't there until yeah. I started seeing some of his work in AEW. Do you know what I mean? It's unreal, man. He's unreal. Joe, go ahead. Sorry, man. Yeah, no, I I was gonna mention, you know, you talked about genius and you know, and, and you took it back to Mandy too, um, with and you were saying you had to you have to watch everything in the frame. Um and and talking about trying to introduce non wrestling bands to wrestling. I, after I saw WrestleMania last year, I went berserk about the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah, and I said that was brilliant. I was like, that was so brilliant. That was so genius. And I'm trying to tell all my friends to watch it, and they're all like, "What?" And, you know. And even I've got even a younger friend who likes wrestling. He was like, "Oh, the Boneyard match." I was like, "No, screw that. Watch the Firefly Funhouse <laughs> match." Yeah. I was like, that number one goes back. 30, 35 years. Yeah. Like I've, I've been, you know, I've been watching wrestling that long. You know, yeah. I, I watched, you know, the, the Crockett stuff live on TBS, you know, in the eighties and, Bam. you know, and I was watching them both. Right. And I caught so many of the references, like people didn't catch. Yeah. And, and the one thing that, the one thing that, that made me pop more than any, anything else in that was what the Saturday night's main event um, oh. segment, they played the obsession opening theme and not the gen the more generic one yes. or the original one they play on the network now. Yeah. And I was like, so the, Oh, that's awesome. 
Look, the genius part about that uh-huh. is that like all they wanted to do was entertain people. Yes. And it wasn't it 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 wasn't supposed to be a wrestling match. It was supposed to be entertainment. And like yeah. I think that's totally fine. I think that like even if you can't respect that and you're like a diehard fucking like, oh man, Luthes would be rolling in his grave. Right. And it was like, well, also Luthes wrestled when like there were only two colors on the TV. It was black <laughs> and white. <laughs> yeah. right. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh-huh. he didn't yeah. have any of the resources we have. And if he was that great, he would have he would have still been great today. You know what I mean? Like, and it, he would he would use that. Anytime people say stuff like that, like, oh, man, this guy would be rolling his grave. And it's like, right. well, you know, at that point in time, like, he he didn't have any of the resources we have. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was tape. There was tape in that thing, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. He was using a reel to reel. You know what I mean? That was filmed that they were, they were wrestling. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, uh-huh. there was well, no editing. And I, and yeah. And well, and I told my friend who was a horror movie fan, I was like, watch this. And the fiend Bray Wyatt in this is Freddy Krueger, yeah. like he like this is a dream world and he's yeah. Freddy Krueger controlling so he's like manipulating John Cena. And I was like, and he's revealing that John Cena's been a bad guy the whole like his whole career, you know. Yeah. And I'm like, just all those little touches. I was like, that's badass. I was like, I love yeah. that so much. <laughs> and and then and then of course to, to bring it all the way around, what it what it also kind of underscores is how much. You know, someone like Luke Harper was wasted in WWE yeah. comes down to it. You know, they he had, they had so many chances with him to reinvent him. And they uh, reinvented him and re- and then and then he comes to AEW and boom, he's this top like this top just brilliant guy. You genius. know, was yeah, it was just amazing. I I couldn't yeah. <laughs> He's a genius, man. He's a fucking yeah. genius. Yeah. Yeah, did. it was Go ahead. I'm all about entertaining. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. and especially right now, man, like you know, we like no one can do anything. So like, why not go over the top? Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if you strike out, you strike out, like, it's not a big deal, but you went for the, you went for a home run to make people happy. And like, I think that like that again, to go back to the internet, like people like boohooing things before they like building things up. So like, you know what I mean? And I, for me, I try not to boohoo anything anymore. I I try to subjectively do everything. You know what I mean? If I'm going to listen to music, if someone, hands me music and they say you should listen to this i'm gonna go you know what fuck what do i have to lose i'm gonna listen to it i'm not gonna gripe about it i'm not gonna go if it like okay sunny kiss huge limp biscuit fan <laughs> andy williams not a huge limp biscuit fan <laughs> yeah so like i told sunny i was like hey like limp biscuit just announced they're playing in Jacksonville next year in 2021. So if we're still in Jacksonville wrestling, I'm going to, let's go to this thing. I want you to, I want you to turn me around on this Limp Bizkit thing. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm just missing out because I haven't seen it live or, you know what I mean? Like something like that. I don't know. But like at 43 (laughs) years old, man, I don't, I don't need to be a negative prick because there's too many of those. So like, I'll be the positive dude and be like, you know what? Sure. Let's go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not my yeah. thing, but I'll go check it out because someone I care about likes it and I'm willing to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? And yeah. I think that like as lame as it is, like the thing that's going to change is, is literally just accepting other people's things and being like, 
they're different. That's a different person than I am. And like the only person that I can like talk anything about is my, my sister who grew up in the same household as me. And if we, she liked Limp Biscuit and I didn't like Limp Biscuit, okay, like I'm obviously going to be like, I hate Limp Biscuit because my girl, <laughs> my, 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 my sister doesn't like it or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, yeah. cause like I would love to know what that person what yeah. they were going through when they were listening to it and like why Limp Bizkit was like the thing they chose. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like yeah, there has yeah. to be something because like King Crimson to me is like the greatest band of all time. And I could give you a million reasons why totally different band. But again, visually, when I listen to it, I visually see things that I want to see. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's it. So like, I'm on this new kick where it's like, like if someone tells me to see a movie, I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. I've never seen any of them. I've never oh. seen one through ten or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I you haven't I mean? either, Andy. So maybe that should be another I, thing we do together is watch them. And- <laughs> right? Yeah. My yeah. my goal my goal through the eleven these eleven days is because I'm in this hotel room. Like I wrestle, come right back to it. Is I'm gonna try to. I've seen every Coen brother movie. But I want to see every Coen Brother movie right now where I am in life. And I want to see if Blood Simple can, like, because I, I remember watching Blood Simple when I was a kid and it made no sense. Yeah. Right. So now at 43, maybe Blood Simple will make sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, yeah. I want to do it from the beginning. Raising Arizona is, like, top three of all time for me. Oh, it's like, so it's fun. Yeah. The yeah. perfect movie. Yeah. You know? So, like, I just have been on this Cohen Brothers kick, and I want to like, I want to start from the beginning, and I have eleven days to do it, so like, I have a lot of time to watch Cohen Brothers. I, you know, I'm yeah. getting so many ideas right now, Andy. This is, yeah, <laughs> this is Let's the make thing. You a recurring guest, man. I, I would love that, man. Is, I love. I I could talk movies all day, man. Yeah, it, so. Is is Jesse in the movies too? The Blade, big time, huge, huge. I'm, I I I lost my mind. Um, watching that the podcast, uh, Austin and I just were did our for October did our favorite scary movies, yeah, and yeah. my number two was The Descent, oh. and and you said it. I mean, I literally I'll show you the the text I sent him as uh, hopefully hopefully it comes through. Yeah. Uh, as as he, I don't know. Can you guys see that? He repped yeah, yeah. the fucking descent. Yeah. <laughs> the text says. He repped my fucking descent. (laughs) That movie fucked me up, man. Right? Yeah. Dude, but what's so fucking killer about it, I think, is the first hour. I just rewatched it with my wife because she'd never seen it. The first hour is so intense and nothing really like horror specific like genre specific happens they're just fucking crawling through caves and it's terrifying and then on top of that you get the fucking (laughs) you get the monsters (laughs) what about your shirt off what i had dude i was so i was sweating so bad watching that movie at the theater yeah i popped i literally took my shirt off and was just sitting there with my shirt off sweating Uh (laughs) uh-huh i like that movie fucking killed me man yeah yeah and i love it like it's one of my that's probably my like i would say it's probably one of my favorite horror movies but like because i was so uncomfortable Uh yeah Yeah. that's that's crazy go ahead joe i i watch um horror movies with my daughter she's 12 and i showed her the texas chainsaw massacre and as soon as as soon as it was over she just looked at me and said dad that wasn't even scary and i was like 
really? I was like, yeah. well, we're going to watch The Descent. And so it was about a week later, and I was talking trash to her the whole week. You know, I was like, you think you're, you think you're Miss Big Girl? I was like, we're going to watch The Descent. She's like 12, and, uh, Andy, by the way. Yeah, she's 12, 12 years old. <laughs> yeah. Texting and, uh, ask her, not doing it for her. Right. And, and we go through, you know, the first hour comes and goes, and she's like, like about half hour in, she's like, Dad, I thought this was scary. When's something scary going to happen? I was like, just wait. Just wait. And she kept, you know, she kept talking trash. They get into the cave and she's still talking. I was like, you're, you're almost there. And then that, and then when the lady gets stuck yeah, and and she's starting to get uncomfortable and then the creatures show up, she, she looks at me and yells, she's dad, turn it off, please turn it off. Turn it off. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, I and, love and it. I, I, I paused it. I said, do you want me to turn it off? I'll, I'll really turn it off. I was like, but we probably need to see what happens all the way through. And she's like, all right, let's finish watching it. <laughs> and, and she's gone on to show her friends now, you know, and I was just like, and, and she even had to say, dad, you're the king of the horror movies. And, yeah. you know, because <laughs> just because, so it's like, that's my favorite. And I'm like, it might, I mean, I had to put Halloween at number one for my favorite horror movie. Um, but I was like, it's, it might be one in one a now, you know, cause oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah. It was, and it's so, it's just brutal and merciless and, the story is fucked up. Yeah, like, yeah. Overall, the story screwed me, man. Yeah, like, it, yeah. And and it's you know it's so much just about this trauma, right? Like like this woman's been through all this trauma, and it's like you're not quite. You think you're at rock bottom, but oh. you know it, you're not. You know, yeah. and it's like yeah. That, me, yeah. To me, it's like Yo, let me bring up a movie. <laughs> I because the same kind of uncomfortableness I had in a movie that came out not that long ago was Uncut Gems. Yes, where like. Yes. That movie, like the exhilaration of gambling, is that movie. Like, like oh, yeah. he really nailed it. Where like anytime you put money into a machine or hand money to a blackjack dealer, and you start getting on that roll, your brain starts talking to you, and that motherfucker doubles down like ten times. <laughs> yes. like, in that movie. <laughs> yes, and dude, oh my god! Spoiler alert if anyone hasn't seen it. But like when he goes back to the apartment. And like they keep showing the bathtub, I was like, "Holy fuck, this girl killed herself!" <laughs> yeah, because dude. he's a fucking prick. Now he has to deal with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, LAX was watching that movie on his, and I could see his body motion. I could see what he was doing. He was going like this. He's like rocking back and forth. And he's watching it. And I was like, I went like that, like to take his headphones. And he took his headphones. I was like, you're watching Uncut Gems, aren't you? And he goes, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I knew what he was watching because of how Uncut, dude, he was sweating. His head was sweating. Yeah. His face was sweating. And he's uh -huh. rocking back and forth. Then he just got up and took a walk. <laughs> and he got, put it down and just took a walk. Yeah. And I was like, He's so stressed out right now. Perfect. Dude, that movie is so stressful. Yeah, yeah it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have you just a quick thing because I'm going to bring a Bane situation back. Did you see yeah. The Irishman? Oh, yeah. Okay. I was asked this question by Bedard and said I was fucking up because at that time I hadn't seen The Irishman. I watched it immediately after our conversation. Yeah. But their question to me, and I'm passing it to you, which was better last year, The Irishman or Uncut Gems? Uncut gems. Oh yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think so and too. I, 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 I like the Irishman. I like the Irishman. The problem with the Irishman, I had to watch it in two takes. I had to watch it like yeah. mm -hmm. I had to go back, rewind a little bit, and then watch 
like the second half of it because it was it's just so long and there's parts that just drag yeah. and it like Scorsese sometimes has those drag moments and they mean something so like I didn't want to like lose that meaning sure am I still here okay yeah, yeah, yeah you're good just did wait 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 um but yeah I, I like I need to go back and watch I need to go back and just watch the Irishman like another time too because it like came out and I remember like I had gassed myself up so much for that movie like oh man it's coming out tomorrow oh, and I like made my girlfriend like sit with me and watch it you know what I mean like we uh-huh. it was a day oh yeah you know what I mean yeah. where we like did it and I remember like watching it and then like it I got to a point where I was like, I have to go to bed. Like I'm, yeah. I've been watching this movie for like 12 hours. Right. I know yeah. it wasn't that long, but like, right. it felt like that. I like it. And I hate that because I wanted to love it, love it, love it. And like, when I left, I had to watch it in two times. You know, I, I just couldn't sit for four hours and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 the problem is like, even having seen the Irishman, I appreciate them both for completely different reasons. So I still, I still can't yeah. one for one make that choice, which one yeah. I like better. You know? yeah. <laughs> but Uncut yeah, Gems, yeah. dude, to, to make your point, because uh, the vocalist for Bane, Bedard, was, was yeah. the Irishman hesitantly, while Zach and James gave him so much shit because they thought Uncut yeah. Gems was the one. But I will say this about Uncut Gems since we were talking about it. Um, you know, uh, the Safdie brothers did with Adam Sandler what Paul Thomas Anderson was able to do with them and Punch Drunk Love, where you take him out yeah. of this this place that we typically think of him as being in, yep. and you put him in a new place. Now, now both of those movies, even Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems, are very different. Awesome. But I mean, like, man, how good is he in that? And how Dude. good is the direction to the point of like, how can't you be sweaty watching that? You know, <laughs> like, like it's I'm unreal. Yeah, I felt I like I, I needed to like smoke movie. a cigarette afterwards. You know. <laughs> Dude, I get I, I that movie stresses me out so much, and like, it's it's almost like criminal that he didn't even get acknowledged by the Academy Awards. Like, didn't even he wasn't even on the fucking list, man. Like yeah. that was a shit on him. And like, again, like I said, like there's the Kuma's Burger, and then there's QB. Hollywood or a ha- ha- Halloween or whatever the fuck that QB <laughs> Halloween movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I think it's just Sandler wanting to have fun. Yeah. And like, we, I just recently watched Funny People again. Mm-hmm. He's he's so good at making fun of himself, but in a serious manner. That movie is so dark, dude. Like so dark. Oh, very, Funny very, People yeah. is so fucking dark, man. And it's such a good movie. And that's another movie that like I feel like because it's long it kind of goes over people's heads, but yeah. he's so great in that movie. Like he is so good at it because he knows both sides of it. And like, you almost kind of get the first glimpse of like real Adam Sandler in that movie where like, he kind of probably is depressed that like, he can't make those dumb movies anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. But then again, he's probably sleeping in like piles of money. So like, (laughs) yeah, it might even out somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Austin, you know where I want to go? I want to go off. uh, I want to. I want to ask about Funny Games. Have you seen Funny Games? Absolutely. Uh, Funny Games is amazing. We we spent almost an hour talking about that um, um, in one of our previous podcasts, and I, um, I saw now I saw the original 
yeah. on IFC in the middle of the night by accident. I turned on the TV. I was having, you know, I couldn't sleep. I turned the TV on and literally it's like the opening credits of funny games. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And I sat and watched the entire, it was on a work night. You know, I had to be up at, at seven o'clock, you know, and I'm watching, yep. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah. That movie is messed up. It's awesome. <laughs> you know? it's a, the rewind scene, every time I watch it with someone that's never seen it, yeah. that like rewind scene, everyone's like, what the fuck just happened? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dude, yeah, I, well, like, I was, I was let it pissed. Go. Let it happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and so just a quick recap for you, Andy. We did a top 15. We had three episodes in October that we yeah. did, so we did a five for each. We had a top 15 favorite horror movies, and I believe Funny Games was my number, I don't remember now, seven or something, yeah, somewhere, somewhere like that. Yeah, somewhere in the middle, yeah. I love this movie, and, and when so I first good. saw it, though, I was fucking pissed because yeah. when they do the rewind, I literally got mad and sat yeah. forward on my seat and was like, Fuck you guys. Like I was so oh, yeah, mad. Yeah. That's the point though. Like I uh-huh. love that this movie fucks with you on purpose to make you think about the subtext that's happening or to just turn it the fuck off. You know, like, yeah. you know, I'm sure some people just right. see that and they're like, fuck this and shut it off. And like, uh, you know, I've heard you mention the strangers and I, I, I sometimes yeah. draw parallels to them in terms of that kind of home invasion. They're very different. Um, but I think, Someone who likes funny games might like The Strangers, but not everyone who likes The Strangers will like funny no. games. Do you know what I mean? No. no, no, no. I know exactly what you mean. Like, that's – it's funny because I think I like the – like, there's more character in The Strangers, but there's more, like – there's more characters in The Stranger, but there's more character in funny people. Yes. Like, the two boys are, like, so over the top. And so fucking weird that like you know something is gonna happen. Yeah. It's not like that we're strangers, like the inevitable is is gonna happen. You yeah. know what I mean? Like anything could really happen. This, it's just like, are they gonna like clean these people's house? Are they like nice boys? <laughs> right. They, they just like... want eggs. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. You know what I mean? Like it it could go anywhere, you know? Yeah. So so to uh, begin begin the wind down here uh, for this episode, Andy, why don't, do you have any, if you had to promote or, or encourage people to watch uh, a movie or, or to really look into filmmakers, like you mentioned the Coen brothers or something, what, yeah. what are some things that you would push for people to uh, watch as we have left horror month now, we're going into November, which whatever that is, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, what, what what would you say? Um, I, like for me, I, I I can't say enough about Mandy. I honestly think that movie is like it's Nicolas Cage and his complete absolute insanity, and he found the right director to not make it look like a joke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like obviously, like we all know, Nick Cage loves saying uh, he likes he he doesn't like saying uh, no. He'll say yes to anything, right? He'll do any type of movie. But Mandy, for some reason, man, he like he struck out because Panos knew how to like make his crazy make sense within this crazy story. It's like have you seen Hobo with a Shotgun? Yes. Yes. Okay. So like the absurdity of Hobo with a Shotgun. Like, take that, take the absurdity of that and the traumaness of that. Take the traumaness away 
and add like artist genius directing. Yeah. So like imagine like a trauma movie led by like Alejandro Jaworski. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. something uh-huh. like that where it's like this story of like it's just a love story. It's a beautiful love story. And if you can see it as a beautiful love story, it's only going to be that much better for you. And if you like visuals and you like sounds and like, it's just, it's such a beautiful movie. It's so pretty. And it like, for me, like it's me and my girlfriend's movie. You know what I mean? So like, I know that like we can watch together and like, we have the same experience every single time. You know what I mean? Like, I think I love her more every single time I see it. Cause <laughs> you know, there, I don't want to give anything away, but I, I really, really want you guys to watch it and then have me back on so we can talk Mandy. Cause I think we could talk the, the entire time about Mandy. We'll do, we'll do uh, a, whole, a whole segment, man, because I'll say yeah. this just to back up your point. You have, yeah. uh, if you, if anybody were to listen to this and I don't want anybody to ruin Mandy, if you haven't seen it, watch it along with this because Joe and I are serious. Please. We're going to watch yeah, it's it. Gonna happen. But if you yeah. Google Mandy and click images, uh, I haven't yeah. done that, but I've seen so many images from it. I guarantee they'll pop up. Every one of them is awesome. Dude. Like it looks it, so cool. I hit that Panos dude up and just literally in a chance, like it's that one in a million thing. I just said, it was like, Hey, I'm a pro wrestler. I play in this band. If you ever need music help, if you never need anything, you need a scary looking shitty person. Like here I am, like it sent him pictures, sent him pictures of like how we've used like the Mandy, like scenery in our promo pictures and our promos and like stuff like that. I never heard anything back, but in the chance that Panos would be like, actually, you know what? I'm writing something right now. And like, you might be cool for this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah maybe maybe would... he'll make a movie where he, the people go into a club and you can get every time I die in there, you know? <laughs> And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And I somehow like get killed or something. Yeah. 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 I would say that I would definitely say big Lebowski for people. Like I have a friend who has every single thing that's like focused in that movie in a piece of art. So his entire living room has like the iron lung, the receipt. Oh, wow. That's awesome. The dude. Yeah. Uh, the drifter. It's such, I think that movie is like, I think that movie's so important because I think that it, and this is, I I've described this before, but I think, I think big Lebowski actually would be a better metaphor for the metaphor that I was using. And I hope you guys get this. And I think you guys will understand this, that today in 2020, there's two types of people. There's people who understand the movie high fidelity and there's people who don't understand the movie high fidelity. <laughs> And if yeah. you're on the road of like understanding high fidelity, you're going to have cool kids. You're going to have great friends. You're going to have a great life, regardless of how much money you have. There's you're always going to see the bigger picture. And then the people who don't get high fidelity, they don't understand the big picture. Yeah. And it's those people who are going to constantly be scrambling for whatever's next and stuff like that. I think Big Lebowski is a little more fitted for that metaphor because if you understand the big Lebowski like life is great man like that you know what I mean like (laughs) yeah because you choose to see the shittiness and it and if you choose to dwell on the shittiness 
you're over here. And if you choose to not dwell on the shittiness, like something that only happens in your life in your little bubble is shitty. I don't really care if someone votes for someone else that I'm not voting for. I don't care. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because it's the way I choose my life is my little bubble. And I have, I have two dogs. I have Zelda. I have Terry Funk. I literally have a dog named Terry Funk. <laughs> and my beautiful girlfriend, Hannah. Uh-huh. And inside of that bubble with my friends, we're all big Lebowski fans. We don't deal with not big Lebowski fans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things when, like, when he says the dude abides, like, that's a thing that, like, I wear on my chest instead of not saying that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I, I think it's, like, that's a very important movie. And I, I think that if, like, there's a young kid at home that's, like, fucked up in his head and he doesn't understand where he fits in and if he sees the big Lebowski, he's going to understand that it doesn't matter what group you're in because you're you and that's the coolest thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm a huge Posse guy. So like I can dude. rant all day about positivity. Dude, <laughs> but, yeah, like, Posse core all the way. Dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's the best thing in the world. So dude, I'll say something about, yeah. um, uh, the big Lebowski. Uh, one, it's one of my wife's favorite movie. I love the Coen brothers and that movie, but it's one of my yeah. wife's favorite movies. She has a sticker that says the dude about or. It might just say abides, but it has a picture of the dude. Either way, it's that yeah. that idea. And because the election is is uh, wrapping up today, so for any listeners, we're actually recording this on yeah. uh, on election day. But uh, that's our plan tonight: is to watch the Big Lebowski, so she's not just oh, on yeah. her phone stressing out about. Yeah, and it kind of ties okay. into your point. Um, but also, I took a when I was studying. You know, I was studying film in school. It was uh, the my degree was focusing on like digital storytelling and different things like that. But I was focusing on film and I took a film noir class. And one of the movies yeah. we talked about actually was the big Lebowski, because if you going back to your, write this out on paper, what is this doing? This yeah. could, if you take out the humor, this could be a badass neo-noir. Like this could be yes. just as yeah. good as any other mystery thriller or whatever. But yeah. the Coen brothers, which most of their movies have some level of noir in it, but you know, like, you could totally mold that into a serious movie, but because they so expertly fit in this like humor that comes yeah. with the characters, I'm a really big fan of instead of being on the nose with humor, attach your humor to characters and allow them to just be funny, but take your yeah. story seriously. And that's exactly what they do. And dude, I think it is criminally underrated as a great as great American cinema and is treated like some sort of like pop culture. Like, we're going to yeah. make Hot Topic shirts and sell them. Nothing against that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's 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 more than just a pop culture thing. You know what I mean? Like, that is a great movie. I'm so glad you brought it up. Yeah. 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 And I I, I think that's a, a very important movie. It, just in general, I think it's a – the third one, I, I mean, not that we're putting numbers on this, but I think everyone should sit and watch Apocalypse Now. Yeah. And I, I know that, like – I picked three movies that are pretty existential, but that really is like, there's a point in time when like everyone in that movie switches roles. Yeah. They're good and they're bad. And like the whole movie is just this. And like, finally at the end, he has to make that decision. He makes that decision. And it's, 
his getaway is like one of the coolest scenes of all time. And I know that that animal got like slaughtered or whatever like that, but like everything is so fucking important. The last like five minutes of that movie are so pretty and it's so fucked. But like he finally saw like true freedom and he needed to kill Kurtz to get that like freedom out. And then he was in a whole other bag of situations you know what I mean? From yeah. then on, they could have made a whole second movie about. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, that movie is like, it's so insanely. That movie's so good. Yeah, I I adore it, and and I remember, um, I had only seen the Redux, like the extended yeah. version, and then in uh, one of my classes in undergrad, we saw the theatrical cut just for the so it yeah. could fit in the class time. You know, yeah. um, and I actually prefer the theatrical cut, though I do love the Redux. I was going to ask if you did. Yeah. It, I, 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 man, that theatrical cut is so good, and and I, I totally so respect good. Coppola's vision to have this extended thing, and I love it for its own thing. But the theatrical one's so tight, like what yeah. a tight movie, and it has all of those things. Man, I am like so on your bus with that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to take a minute just so we fit this in real quick. Um, you know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna post this as bonus content on Thursday, so we can get this in before okay. full gear. And um, you know, AEW this Saturday, November seventh, is doing <laughs> full gear, which is going to be uh, super awesome. I can't wait to see it. If anybody's listening to this, whether you are a wrestling fan or not, but you want to see, uh, I'm telling some... you, I'm telling you right now. Just, I mean, we could talk about that entire card, but I'm telling I'm telling you right now, and I'm not saying it because he's one of my best friends here. Dude, Eddie versus fucking Moxley is going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be one of the matches of the year. It's a it's about time that Eddie got the Eddie got the push that he he deserved. I mean, that motherfucker has been grinding for twenty years, man. Yeah, and like he's been great for twenty fucking years, dude. Yeah, he it wasn't like Eddie Kingston just got good in two thousand twenty two, man, or two thousand twenty. Sorry. Um, <laughs> He's, time flies <laughs> he'll be great in 2022 also but dude, <laughs> he's so fucking good and that very first promo that he cut when he came in against cody yeah the, the reality in that mm-hmm. like if anyone knows what was happening behind the scenes in that dude's life the reality mm-hmm. in that fucking promo like dude and i'm not saying it because he's one of my bosses but like eddie eddie encompassed everything that dusty Rhodes was with that promo against his son which i thought was genius on eddie's part yeah because to go back to film eddie is eddie with his promos he's he's so fucking smart when it comes to talking to a crowd and telling a story there's no way that this John Moxley match with Eddie Kingston isn't going to be considered one of the matches of the year. I fucking, I'm telling you Mm -hmm. and not to like, dude, hangman versus fucking Kenny Omega. Oh Oh my God. I'm so excited. Cannot wait for that, man. Dude, Uh get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That match is going to be fucking bananas. And like, it's, it's, it's crazy that, I mean, I, I don't think I need to talk up Eddie and John, I definitely don't need to tell you that Hangman and fucking Kenny isn't going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then to top it off, you have I and it's funny because FTR comes in and they're in the spot, and this is like part character. So you know they came into 
into uh, AEW, and the only titles they've held are two titles. They've only held two titles. Mm-hmm. You're going, like, the FTR is going against the greatest tag team that ever has been. And I don't care. I'll, I'll, I will fucking, um, I, the only reason why I know it is I, I started working very closely with Buck right around the time um, the Jordan documentary on ESPN was coming out. Yeah, so I was, I, was watching, I was watching that. And I was working hand to hand with the Bucks. Like, dude, their minds when it comes to wrestling, I, dude, they're Michael Jordan. They know, they know yeah. when the, when the crowd's gonna react. They know how the crowd's gonna react. They'll tell you like how much time needs to be like down. It, dude, it's they know wrestling so fucking well. That fucking match is that literally is poetry in motion. Like that is. Exactly what it is. And I'm telling yeah. you, like, before Omega Okada, we didn't know that match was going to be the greatest 45-minute oh, match yeah. of all time. Right. We knew it was going to be good. We didn't know that was going to happen. And we didn't know we were going to get three of them. So imagine what these fucking teams are going to do with the first time they're touching. They haven't touched each other yeah. in this story. They haven't, yeah. they haven't put their hands on each other until they hurt Matt's leg. You know what I mean? So now going yeah. into it, it like literally, I'm not, like I get emotional a lot about wrestling because I love it so much. Mm-hmm. And I mean, num- there's been numerous times in AEW where like I'm watching the screen backstage and I'm like teared up because yeah. I know how great this is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now yeah, like yeah. being a part of it, I think that full gear is going to be one of the most important pay-per-views in the history of wrestling. I think it's going to be a big, I think it's going to be a really big deal. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be, we're going to get some like insane matches in a time when there's no crowd. So like just to give you some perspective of how hard it is to wrestle without a crowd, like, you know how much time you have by where the crowd reaction is. So like, if you know you have a guy selling and the crowd's fucking going like this, you don't have to do anything. Just let the guy sell. Yeah. Without that crowd, you're going over there and you're grabbing the dude and you're rushing yeah. and you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's no timing. Yeah. You have to kind of like have it here, you know, in you yeah. to understand like people are watching at home. Yeah. I and also like, also with that, one of the hardships has to be like not blowing up because as a as a musician, and I can oh, relate dude, to you, tough. if there's no one there when you That's play so hard. it's so hard to get into it the same way you would when you're playing yeah. with a band that you really love and you're in front of 1200 people, uh, Oh, the energy and everything, it's easy. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. easy. You know, I was, when, when I was playing, I was, I was 34, I think when the band or 33, yeah. when the band, my last band broke up. And like when we would play something like with Norma Jean or one of those bands coming through, like I'm 34, I'm out of shape as fuck. Okay. Yeah. Like I am, I should not be jumping around and things, Yeah. but man, when that adrenaline's there, Easiest thing I've oh. ever done. Easy. Yeah. But when you're in front of, you know, five people and your band's mentality is we're going to play like we're in front of 1200. That's Always. fucking work, dude. And so yeah, dude. with wrestling, I can't imagine how difficult that's been for you guys. Like, I, I want to keep talking about full gear, but like, is yeah, that yeah. is that how it is? I mean, is it so hard to not be in front of people? That Moxley match was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Straight wow. up. 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. of beating the shit out of a dude yeah it's so hard dude, you and were it, throwing it, him around <laughs> dude, and it, it was it was 96 degrees out 
So Fuck, like I always yeah, forget yeah. about that. Yeah. So like it's dude, it 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 was the hardest thing I've ever done. It was a hard I mean for him it probably wasn't that hard, but like for yeah. me, I that was like man. So like it's tough, dude. It's tough. Just a quick thing with that though. Just, just again, because I, I could talk to you for hours and hours about all of yeah, these things, I'm sure. But um, yeah. what was the? I mean, like, how did that come to be, man? I, I mean, I know we're gonna we're gonna kind of see behind the curtain here, but dude, like, I mean, how excited and hyped were you when they're like, dude, we're gonna put the monster? Because what I think's funny, just real quick, is like, yeah. if you were in WWE, you might be like a moderately sized guy in comparison to yeah. a lot of those guys. At AEW, you're a fucking bull, dude. Like, you're a monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and I mean that as a compliment. Like, I don't see yeah, that as course. a problem. I don't care. Yeah. But it's like, like you're huge. So I love seeing yeah. you come in behind that image you were talking yeah. about behind him. And you're just, you're the monster, right? And yeah. he's the victim. He's the um, not helpless prey. He's the very skilled prey, yeah. <laughs> you well, know? Yeah. But what was it like just being able to throw the champ around? <laughs> like, dude, you're just tossing yeah, really. him. I mean... It goes, it goes back to that thing I was saying about the Bucks. Like, the reason why Moxley is in the position he's in is because he's John Moxley. Like, that's he's unreal, man. And he's like, I couldn't think of a better person to have hold the title that I'm a part of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. he respects wrestling so much. He understands it from a visual perspective. Um, it's it's little greatness you know and like I, again like working with him hand in hand when you're doing that um you see those bright flashes and you see why that dude is who he is mm-hmm. and like one of the things is giving man he legit like every idea i had he was like oh man i love that yeah let's do that that's you know awesome. what I mean? like, that yeah. type of shit and like where my like excited brain is where I'm like, oh, I'm six years in, eh, you know what I mean? <laughs> His, you know, 15 years or 16 years in, mm-hmm. he takes the, he takes this away and he makes it go like this. So he takes the idea and he's, he takes away the bullshit and he makes the idea, the idea, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he's, he's unreal, man. He's incredible. Well, yeah. One thing I want to say while we're talking about him, I want to yeah. see if I can get this in. Um, this, <laughs> This is Moxley, my dog. This is my dog, Moxley. <laughs> I didn't even know staffy? this dog existed. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Is that a yeah. staffy? He's a, he's a pit bull mix of some kind. I don't know what he's mixed yeah. with. He's not full. He doesn't have the, you know, the big wide head, but he's, he's got some, some uh, pit in him. I got him from the Humane Society as a puppy. Yeah. And, and uh, um, I was like, what are we going to name him? Like, he's a pit bull. I was like, Moxley. Moxley is yeah. the name. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I wanted to do a wrestler, and I was like, "Mox, it's absolutely Moxley." That's gonna I be love yeah. that. It, it's, yeah, it's it's a great name, and and I want to to get back to full gear real quick, Andy. I want to I want to sure. second your Eddie Kingston thing. You know, I I'll be honest, I had never heard of Eddie Kingston until he came on. Yeah. I knew he was someone because of mm-hmm. the way that yeah. they were pushing him and and all that. Mm-hmm. But when he came out and dropped that that promo on on uh, Dust or uh, Dustin, oh my God, Cody, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> And, uh, like when he dropped that dude and then like everyone since like it's, it's man, just thinking of storytelling, something that I've just studied for so long, who's Mm -hmm. better. I mean, I'm I'm not joking, man. Like when, 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 uh, when Penta and Ray fought each other and he came in, I I think it was that one. Either way they were fighting each other and he came in and he was like pushing them off. It's those little (laughs) things 
that he knows to yes. do. Those little things like get just sh- sh- back the fuck up, back the fuck up. You know, he doesn't say yeah. fuck on TV, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. um, but then the like, other day, he, he kicked he the camera guy out. Yeah. yeah. That like that. He's so good at those little touches. He goes like this. We, the, that, that match when we were like out there, Jesse was wearing a gold necklace and I walked up, I had my gear on and he goes, get a fucking gold necklace. And I was like, why? He's like, He's got a gold necklace on. Why don't you have a gold necklace on? And I was like, all right. And I had to like go find Ricky Starks and go like, you have gold. I need a gold necklace. But it's like, awesome. he sees that little shit. You know what I mean? And like, I remember in a match, like it was on dark somewhere. And I did like, I did like a giant Baba, like knee, like, like I grabbed the dude's head and like drove his head into my yeah. knee or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Eddie went, Baba! It's on the outside. <laughs> and it was just like, he's just so fucking smart. And like, I, I like the fact that he just looks like the every man because yeah. they in wrestling, I mean, dude, like, there's dudes, Wardlow is a, like, an actual tank of a human being. Yeah, he looks yeah. like he a only huge gets, motherfucker. <laughs> he only gets more tank like. Every time I see him, he's like got more trap or more fucking dead you know uh, delts he's fucking monstrous you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i like the fact that eddie looks like a dude that you would go to the bar with and like fight alongside with or fight with you know what i mean and i might be the guy that that you vote against to win but he's gonna kick that dude's ass (laughs) yeah oh yeah and it's funny because like me and jesse have always taken this stance of like we don't give a fuck about winning titles we don't really give a fuck about winning we just want every tag team to know that they were in a fight. So at the end of it, instead of walking away from it, going like, oh, I'd wrestle those guys again. I want every tag team to be like, we beat them, but like, I never want to get in that wood chepper again. <laughs> Are you guys stiff and, as fuck, dude? <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just a matter of like the appearance of it. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And Eddie's the same way where it's just like, fuck, man, you're going to get your sh- you're going to get your fucking head knocked off. Yeah. And all he needs is one shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, that's the thing. Like, he just needs one shot. And that's the cool thing about Mox. Mox only is with that dude that only needs one shot. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking from uh, experience, he only <laughs> yeah. needs one shot. Yeah. So, dude, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I can't speak highly enough like you with Eddie. I mean, and again, I've only known him through AEW, but they're building him well, and I can tell that yeah. he's doing that work. I mean, yeah. with with his uh, promos, but even the way that he's being built, he never technically got thrown out of the uh, yeah. of the Rumble, like the Rumble uh, Casino Royale thing. Yeah, um, and he never like he never tapped. I mean, that's such a classic, right? Like it's like yeah. the Bret Hart Stone Cold, where Stone Cold WrestleMania 13 never tapped. Yep. I mean, it builds a person. I mean, Eddie Kingston, in my mind, again, only knowing him through AEW, is a fucking bona fide badass. Like that's how totally. I see him, and that's how he's supposed to be. I believe one hundred percent. And um, but he's like the best part is is that like he's wormy, but he's only wormy because he he thinks he's smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you don't think he's smart because he's that fucking New York hood. You know what I mean? Like you think yeah. he's gonna be there and he's gonna stand there like this, but really. He's standing there like this because he knows he's got you somehow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's unreal, man. It, yeah. It, it was funny when when he came, and I was just like you, Austin. I didn't know him. I had never heard of him before. But this wasn't like like classic WWF stuff where it's like, oh, here's a newcomer. You know, it was like 
everyone reacted to him as if he was somebody, you know, yeah. even, you know, from the announcers to, you know, everyone. just like the look on Cody's face and all that stuff. And it, it made such a big difference. And then when he's, you know, and they, and they threw the mic in his hand and said, go talk. Yeah. And man, it took about 10 seconds for me to go, this dude is for real. It's yeah. real. That's, yeah. that's what it is. And that promo, like I said, there's no, there was no more real promo promo than that promo then everything yeah. that was going on in his life at that time and he put it all out there and that's the reason why this guy's 2020 it's amazing yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's it, i mean dude you know so, someone that i'm a big fan of uh, there in terms of with the mic i think most i feel like this is just kind of a cliche talking point at this point but is someone as talented as mjf and I thought I thought that dude was just a superhero with the mic. He didn't even have to wrestle. He's going to be a superstar yeah. just talking. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he's a good wrestler, but I'm just saying, like, man, how does some? How old is he? Twenty four. Something. Future like that? millionaire. Future millionaire. Yeah, how absolutely. are you that I say good? I him every day. Yeah. How, how how are you that good that early? And the only person I saw, and this is nothing against Jericho, nothing against anyone else. I mean, I, I love all these guys, but Eddie Kingston was the first dude that came in though that I was like. If these two start talking to each other, they're very different, but they yeah. are talkers and they're fucking cerebral as shit. Uh, and yeah. that I that's a mind game. Yeah, I, I dude, yeah. I, I really hope it does. But I mean, uh, I, I'm just I'm gonna kind of close this up by just saying, please check out Full Gear this Saturday for mm-hmm. AEW. Um, yeah, you. Uh, I know every time I die has I think if I'm not mistaken has a record just that you guys are sitting yeah. on for the for the sitting moment. Sitting on in limbo. Um, I'll probably just announce it because I love you guys. So <laughs> like I'll yeah. announce it at some point. But uh, you know we'll we'll keep uh, an eye and an ear to the ground for that. And um, honestly, uh, Andy, we're gonna we're gonna have you back because we're gonna watch Mandy. Yo, and I'm gonna please. hit you up. <laughs> I'm gonna hit you up, and we're gonna do this. But for now, hang tight. And we are going to end this now. Thank you so much, Andy. Awesome. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you guys so much. This was great. Wow, I'm I'm pretty confident that Andy Williams is possibly my favorite person in the universe, with the exception of my wife. Uh, probably my child, too. That, that's iffy, but um, just kidding, Evie. Anyways, um... You know, Andy Williams is is an absolute, just pure-cut diamond, this guy. He is an absolutely awesome uh, dude. I mean, we had such a great time, as you could hear. I mean, I don't think I've laughed that hard just sitting and talking with people in a long time. And, and I just know that Joe and I had a great time. We are actually, I mean, you know, I'm putting the pressure on Andy now. We are going to watch Mandy. I'm going to contact him. And now he has to ante up. You know he has to he has to do his end of the bargain, and uh, yeah, uh, we're gonna see if we can get him back to talk about that. And I, I'm dead serious. We didn't really like make this a super serious thing, but I'm dead serious. I will watch the Fast and the Furious movies. I'll watch Coen Brothers movies if that means we get you know a segment with Andy Williams where we get to just like chill out and talk about these movies. I am 100% on board. So you know you can let us know what you think at Facebook. Instagram and Twitter at Medium Cool Pod. Just go ahead and search for us there. That's facebook.com backslash Medium Cool Pod. 
Search Medium Cool Pod on Instagram. You'll find us or at Medium Cool Pod on Twitter. You can also, uh, you know, send us feedback or questions, concerns, whatever you want to see at mediumcoolpod at gmail.com. If you want Andy to come back, you let us know. But until then, good night, good luck. Take it easy. <laughs>